Hey, Kevin. Hey. So did you see Frozen 2? Did I see Frozen 2? Into the unknown. Ke- Ke- Kevin. Kevin. What? Uh, nobody needs to hear that. We're okay. This is I... a professional environment. I need to hear that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Of Mouse and Men podcast. My name is Angelo. And I'm Kevin. And today, we have a new news episode for y'all. It's about to get new newsy up in here. Alright, so Kevin, so so let's start out. Yeah. The first news story. So the first news story, um, I don't know if you heard about it, but Frozen 2, it's like this little um, awards it's an indie film. indie film, right? Yeah. Came out and it struck the little children like lightning bolts. <laughs> Again. <laughs> No, but this movie's been out for like two weeks, and as of right now, it is at $745 million worldwide for two weeks. In just like it's two weeks. That's crazy. Domestically, it's like so it'll, 292. It'll probably break... Um, a billion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to break a billion. That's crazy. And I think if it does, it's supposed to put Disney over $4 billion yearly. I mean, they have the top... If they If this happens, they'll be like the top eight. So Disney in 2019, 8.1 billion in tickets. Um, no one thought. Oh, this it's movie... it's 3.2 in domestic ticket sales from because of Frozen 2. But no one thought Frozen 2 wasn't going to hit a billion. No, yeah, it's pretty but clear. Look at this movie; it's performing crazily. No other movie studio has gone to a billion. Sony to a billion this year. No um, studio has gone to a billion? no studio except for Warner Brothers with the Joker. And Sony with Spider-Man, but Disney gets the merchandising from Spider-Man, so it doesn't well, really count. that's not counted in the box office. Well, yeah, but the Disney still gets profit. They want Spider-Man to do well. But no other studio other than the Joker at Warner Brothers has made a billion dollars. Hmm. And that's crazy, because Disney's bonkers in their box office monies. They'd be crazy up there. Is now. that true? That is true. Are you serious? You want to fact check me, Angela? I'm you want to go right now? This. I'm a reliable source of news. All right, Billion Dollar Movies 2019, Kevin. Let's see. I'm going to give it to me. Uh-oh. Uh, we might have a problem. What's the problem? You might be correct. Oh, my God. What a travesty. What? There's no other one except for Joker? There can't be. I guess you're right. So, yeah, it's it's all Disney except for Joker. Detective Pikachu came out. Didn't make a billion. <laughs> All right. Detective Pikachu should have been better, but I don't know why. I love Detective it. Pikachu. Was it the marketing? Why I didn't like that... Detective Pikachu. Why did it not make a billion? Because it's who's watching Detective Pikachu? Why didn't they? Who the hell have... is that? They should have made it the Pokemon? Pokemon movie. They should have made the Pokemon movie. No, yeah. literally, there's no reason. So anyway, let's get Keep back that to that. I want the Pokemon talk in the. Podcast. Maybe put it at the end. No, <laughs> leave it in this part, or I'm quitting the podcast. We need Pokemon talk. But um, yeah, it made some money. Go with Disney with that. So, by the way, there are spoilers in Frozen 2. So, if you haven't seen Frozen 2, we're going to talk spoilies. So, you may want to skip to later in the episode. But, so, did you like Frozen 2, Angelo? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? I thought it was weaker than the first one. I thought that the stakes were non-existent. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, yeah. I think the third act kind of fell apart. So, yeah, that was my my takeaway was, I the first thing I said, people thought I didn't like the movie because the first thing I said after it was over was, the story, the story could have been, been better. better. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And and I was like, Kevin, how could you think that? And I was like, whoa, I, I really liked it. Because you but were the, the most hyped going into it when we went to see it. I was the most hyped. And you can see on our Instagram the time we went to see Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. We took a picture with a fan. Yeah. We were with a fan being your brother. Yeah. But you know, fans come from different places. <laughs> but yeah, 
I was really hyped for it. I wasn't wouldn't say I was disappointed, but I will say the bangers of Frozen aren't in Frozen 2. In Frozen 1, there is banger after banger after banger after banger. And there's not as many bangers in Frozen 2. Banger being good song. Banger being good song. <laughs> <laughs> bangers um, in Frozen 2, but the songs are more mature. And I, I do appreciate the maturity aspect of the movie, aging with the songs. Anna's whole arc of being a mature person now and like growing up, I thought that was phenomenal because my big problem with Anna in the first movie was she was annoying. Angela thought she was quirky, but I, <laughs> right? We went from an Anna being, even Kristoff says it, he, she was naive in the first movie, but her actually maturing and growing up and being able to become queen at the end, right? Getting to that place, I felt was a really nice arc. Elsa's arc is pretty good too. I think her singing with her mother, finding herself was pretty cute. But I do think the story, the movie doesn't have stakes, like you said. That was my big problem. Which the stakes aren't there. I until... also felt like it was very clearly made because Frozen successful rather than they had a good idea. Mm. I don't think the main plot is that interesting. I was listening to the the podcast behind the scenes, the making of Frozen Two, and Jennifer Lee, who is the director, she's co-director on it. She was there being interviewed, and she said that she literally begged Disney to make Frozen Two because they just couldn't leave the characters. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't think that's how that went down. I don't know if that's a good reason to make a movie. But like, but no, I mean, no. That's not how that went down. Disney was like, make Frozen 2. And they're like, okay. No, but I understand that she would want to go and revisit the characters. I just don't know if they had a compelling plot to like put it in. Mm. I do understand that. I liked it. I just don't, like, I wish, I don't know. I I think, I wish we had got more. My thing was there was no stakes. And I feel like they needed a villain. It needed a villain. Yeah, they were needed to have someone. There was no clear. Like, Arendelle's in trouble. We got to get this thing done. Because it was just like, let's go. Arendelle's kind of in trouble. I don't know really what's going on. But we have to venture out into the unknown. Elsa's doing her thing. Into the unknown. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they had to venture into the unknown. And, you know, it was whatever. But I do think they need a villain. I would have liked Elsa to be the villain. Disney's not going to do that because no, she's such not. a character that, that children love. But I think Elsa being a villain is such a good... Op- Storyline, especially, and, and I think well, she came her, back in Frozen Three as a villain. I would scream, <laughs> crazy. But um, I think she's such a compelling character to make a villain that I think I agree. The idea that they had to make her a villain in the first movie, I don't think they should completely abandon that. And I think this one too, if she found out the truth and she had to destroy Arendelle, and Anna didn't know of this, right? And that puts them at odds because Elsa's coming in here trying to destroy Arendelle, and Anna's like, "We got to protect." And Arendelle. Anna gets fire powers. Well, I don't this know has about been that. my this has been my pitch every time Frozen oh comes God. up is that Anna gets fire powers, which isn't a unique idea, but I think it would be awesome. I, I, she has I, red hair, Kevin. I like that she doesn't have powers. She has red hair. I like this idea. She that has they're... red. You know what red means? <laughs> yes. That's fire. She has red hair, Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's fire. Okay. So she should have fire powers. And if someone has blue hair, they should have water powers. Yes. And green hair, earth powers. What is this world you're creating? No, she needs to have fire powers in the third I like movie. this idea that they're the fight. bridge. Imagine the duel between Elsa and Anna with fire versus ice. That's cr- I mean, fire wins, right? Because ice. I don't know. I guess we'd have to see in the movie. <laughs> but I like this idea that they were a bridge, right? And that brings their sister. Like, Anna's the human side and Elsa's the magic side. And it's like this bridge of that no, can, I do takes like them. That. I loved that idea. But giving Anna it's powers, good. I think, would ruin that. Um, I and agree, I like that Anna doesn't have powers. I think it would be fun to have her have powers. Um, like, I agree with you logically, and I think it makes a better story, but I think it would be really cool <laughs> for Anna to have fire powers. 
Angelo, I feel like Angelo in the pitch meeting is like, you know what would be cool? <laughs> <laughs> so that's Frozen yeah. 2. Um, Let's talk about what wasn't in Frozen 2. Kevin. Yeah, so they cut some songs, Angelo. How many songs? I don't even know. So there's four songs on the deluxe soundtrack that were cut out of the movie. And they're and not insignificant songs. They're not insignificant. So I tried to do some sleuthing to figure out where they were in the movie. Like, what was the point of them? So... The first song they have in the soundtrack, Home, is sung by Anna. That's what's happened in the beginning of the movie. And she sings Home as it kind of sets up her becoming queen in the end is the whole point of this song. It's supposed to be her, her singing about Arendelle, how much she loves Arendelle, right? Do you think it could have been like an alternate opening song? I think the point, I think it was supposed to go somewhere during the song, um, Some Things Never Change. I think it was supposed to go somewhere there. Some things never, never change. change. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think it was supposed to go somewhere in there, but they decided to cut it. And I can see it's a very country song really? on a whistles. And it's kind of weird. Um, I can see why it's cut. And also she's singing about what it's like to have everybody with her. And she's alone in the number, which doesn't really make sense. Um, so mm. I think it's better to open the movie with some things never change and just some things never change because there was a, I found that there's a lot that was in the beginning of the movie that they cut down. So they go on their adventure faster. And I like that because mm. I think having so much in the beginning would have tied it down too much in the beginning. But then the other song was also supposed to happen in the beginning. And that is Josh Gad Olaf's song. And it's unmeltable me. And this was basically the <laughs> setup to him having the permafrost. So instead of just having the line stating that he has permafrost now, so he's not going to melt. There's he's, a whole song. He sings a song about it, how he, he's not going to melt because he's unmeltable me. So it seems like a lot of songs to just set things up. Yeah. Which I can see why they would So the beginning those. songs were there to set things up. And then we get to the two songs that were replaced. These songs were not just setup songs. These were yeah. very significant. So, Kevin, tell um, us why they're very significant. Well, they were so I Seek the Truth was Elsa's song, um, I believe. It's hard to tell because... Adina Menzel isn't singing it on the deluxe soundtrack, but based on the context of the movie, I'm assuming this was the the song that was supposed to be where Show Yourself is. So this was the first version of Show Yourself. Show Yourself is much more of a banger. It's better than this song. I'm glad it's there. But I Seek the Truth was basically Elsa singing with her mother, and it's basically the same message as Show Yourself, except it's a little more obvious. It's a little bit more on the nose of some of the themes of the movie. Then I Show Yourself, and Show Yourself is just banger. The, my favorite song that was cut. And the one that is possibly the biggest change, biggest change of the entire movie had it been in. Was Get This Right. And it was this 80s rock number that is similar to Kristoff's number. It's it's the most modern Disney. Oh, yeah. Like, it feels like a Broadway musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like something you'd listen to on the soundtrack of a Broadway musical. And basically, it's though it take it took the place of Lost in the Woods. So Lost in the Woods replaced this song after they cut it. But it changes the plot significantly. Right. So Get This Right was Kristoff and Anna's song. And basically, it was Kristoff trying to propose to Anna. Anna, and in the end, she proposes to him. What? What a twist! That's crazy. And you believe it should have taken place in the middle of the movie, right? I believe this was the song. So I'm trying to do. I tried to do some detective work, um, but they, they don't really give this stuff out. So, but based on my observations, this happened directly where Lost in the Woods was. So for some reason, Anna was still going to be with Kristoff in this version of the story. And they did say when they were working on this song that they were still deciding things, that they were still trying to figure out how Anna and Kristoff's relationship was going to work out in the movie. So I do think this was very rough in the story. But it's super interesting that they would even include this song being Mm. so different. And it's sung by 
the actual voice actor. Yeah. Well, this yeah, this is when they were planning things out. And to me, it, I'm glad that this one kind of got cut because I think it's, I like the song, but I don't know if it. Fits. I do. It doesn't fit. That's my thing. But I like I the, love song. the song. I love the song. I like. I like what happens. I like that Anna mm-hmm. proposes. To but I do song. think it's out of. It's a little out of character just because of the style of this '80s song. No, it's yeah, a little it, out of character for Anna. Listen to it. You guys gotta listen to it. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But the '80s song they replaced it with, "Lost in the Woods," is straight up a Lost banger. Lost in the Woods is amazing, and it's, it's the great. best song. It's, the it's the best song in the movie, and it's it's phenomenal. I'm glad it replaced it. But get this right: if you out of the four that were cut that they have on the deluxe soundtrack, is the best one I feel. Mm. But yeah, so Frozen Two went through a lot of stuff. Um, I'm glad it's doing well. Can't wait to see Frozen Three in six years. They're like, I don't know if we're gonna make another one, and I was like, <laughs> if it makes money. They're making another one. They have a whole th- country in Epcot dedicated mm. to it, Kevin. Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as Frozen Land. Yeah, and they have this. I did appreciate in Frozen 2 how they went a lot to the Norse mythology. And like the, no, like yeah, the salamanders like are actually a thing. The horse that drowns people. Like it's all I actual think, things. I think they should have went to Epcot in the movie. <laughs> like they should have just went there and been like, there oh wow, Olaf's cupcakes. <laughs> Let's buy some. And I did like that Olaf kind of represented the audience as like he's matured like the audience has. And like, and then his death was like funny because it's literal the but child what, and Anna dying. What about the other thing about his? You said he. So was, he was originally supposed to die. Well, the rumor that I found is that he was originally supposed to die. And our guy Bobby Yaggs didn't like that. So he was like, we have to change this. But an original version. That's the rumor, yes. We don't know if this is true. But I can't verify that. I don't work at Disney. But an Not original yet. version. <laughs> Did have it. Um, and also something that I can verify because she said it, Jennifer Lee said it in the Talk, other the the, podcast. The podcast about Frozen 2 that the Olaf stuff where he recites what happened in the first, he acts out what happened in the first movie was late. And they actually added about six months before the movie came out. They had the animators go on on that. And I think she said around maybe August, something like that was when they did it. Oh, wow. Where then they went in and they, they redid it because they felt that they wanted Olaf to deliver this to get everyone on the same page. And it's a good scene. It's funny. And they come back in the after credits scene. Stay for the after credits if, you have, if you've seen it already. We didn't. It. <laughs> we didn't. We left. We so I saw it a second it. time and saw it again. I saw it again. But it's funny. The, the Him summing up Frozen 2 is funny. But that's that end credit scene. So on Tuesday, the trailer, the first teaser trailer for Marvel Studios movie Black Widow hit the interwebs. Kevin, can I tell you a secret? What's your secret? Um, I watched the trailer 20 minutes after it came out. Do you know what time the trailer came out? Like midnight, right? It came out at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. <laughs> and I was up and I was browsing <laughs> the internet. I was asleep. And I saw a Black Widow trailer and I was like, wow, that's a weird time to release it. And I It was it. A, such a weird time. No, yeah, but... Um, I woke up to it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you... Did you like it? I liked it. Uh, I thought it was the finest. Like, it was fine. I really... Um, so, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Probably, mm-hmm. like, one of the biggest, I know. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, re- I really like the trailer. Um, it gives me... A lot of people have been saying it gives them Winter Soldier vibes, mm. which I agree with. Especially, like, the, the beginning of the trailer seems like a very, like, spy and, like... Yeah. Like less of an MCU film, but then like the second half kind of goes into like the big like action set pieces stuff. So I was honestly kind of hoping it'd like take a different like look at stuff, but I mean, I'm fine with it. I love the MCU and stuff. Um, I think it's super interesting going back to Black Widow because she's not there anymore. Spoiler for Endgame. <laughs> yes. <spoiler laughs> Sorry if you haven't everything. seen Endgame anymore, but so, she's dead. And that's my big thing. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's taking place after Civil War. 
and it's like for the trailer of the Black Widow movie, right? We've I've kind of moved on from Black Widow. I mean, I, she's dead, right? I I'm, feel like I'm really we tied excited a bow to see the movie, but it's interesting. And I'm I'm looking for in a trailer for them to sell me on why why it's a necessity that we go back and tell another chapter in Black Widow's story. I, mean, I could tell you some theories. You could tell me some theories. Just give I could tell you theory. some. Uh, so, I mean, I don't I don't believe any of these. I think it's just because people love Black Widow mm-hmm. and they think a movie would make money, and I think they also have a good story to tell. Yeah. Um, and I also like that eventually all six of the original Avengers will have their property. So mm-hmm. we have Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk movies, a Black Widow movie, and a Hawkeye TV show. But there are theories that, oh, it's going to reveal that Black Widow in Endgame was a scroll, which you watched Captain okay. Marvel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it would be like a shapeshifter. I don't know, that's true, or that it would not exactly that, but it, that it would reveal something about the universe that would be important for Phase Four, which I could see happening, like some like something in the movie happening that would well, be like. Oh. I think definitely is yeah that's true. It's gonna there's some reason we're going back to tell this story now. Why I don't know maybe Florence what's her name Pew the her sister oh her sister yeah I think I I think she might replace her honestly if this movie does well. Which, I mean, is Marvel. How is it not going to do well? But if it does well, I think Black Widow's coming back. I don't, I don't think know. she's dead. She's not gonna... Kevin Feige would not let that happen. I they... feel like... Unless they did a scroll thing, which I would like, because that like is actually a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel's smarter than that. I don't know. If this movie makes money, they're not. there's no way they're not going to make a Black Widow 2 and 3. Well, they, and well, where are those going to take place? Well, they could take place... They could make like so many Black Widow movies in between Infinity War and Endgame. In those five years where she was the leader of the Avengers, I mean, I guess. But when, but like, but how many times are we I'd going love, back in time, Angela? But that'd be something I'd love to see. Is it, those five years? Maybe as a series. I wouldn't mind seeing it as a series. I would even love it as a movie. I mean, I'm, I'm also I would see anything in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be super interesting to have something in between Infinity War and Endgame like that, like a Black Widow too. And I think there's, I mean, there's five years of content that we can explore there. The thing is, because Endgame is such like for me like a illusion and a wrap up. That it's like going back, like Elementals is supposed to take place, not that, the Eternals, what am I saying Elementals? That's from Spider-Man Far From Yeah. The um, Eternals is supposed to be back in time as well, and it's like, I kind of want to move forward with this world, and they keep trying to bring me back in time. Well, I mean, it will, but but also the world is now very fluid, Mm. so like things that, like Captain Marvel took place in the 80s, but then she comes in Endgame and everything. And, like, if I like it because it feels like a living, breathing world. Like, oh, Black Widow was doing stuff after this, so let's go see what she was doing. And I'm like, I'm interested because I like the characters and I care about mm-hmm. the world. But I could see how, like, some people would be like, all right, well, I don't really care about the Black Widow movie because we already know everything that's happened. But yeah. I, I definitely am interested in it. Because I'm just looking for something to get me interested in the Black Widow movie. Because so far... I haven't been. I think David actually David I think Harbour. The action looks sick. David Harbour was the thing that was kind of selling me in the trailer. I thought he, I thought was, he was a little funny. silly to be honest. You thought he was silly? I didn't like. I didn't love him. I. But it's my hot take. Okay, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are they her parents? And then her sister, like, because when they were at a table, I was getting heavy vibes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the family. But are they her parents? Black Widow. Because I've been, I was trying to figure that out. Like, are they her parents or not? And they, Marvel hasn't said anything, obviously. I think they said it's a family. No. But they are. They they said we're a family. But does it mean? Oh, like like, literally? Are they? Are they literally a family? Are they a family? I think her sister literally is. I'm not sure about the rest. If they're her actual parents or not. I don't know much about the background of Black Widow, and obviously the films can change that. Yeah. But um. Well, I know probably in the comics because he's like Red Guardian or something, and then he's not her father. No, 
the comics, but I'm trying to figure out because in the movie well, they, they like that heavily allude to the fact that they are a family, and is are they a literal family or I know Fr- um, right. Florence Pugh positive. and Scott Johansson's characters are, but are they? So that that was one thing, and then the fact that she has a family that you think that is not the away? Avengers. I don't know that for me that felt a little odd. Well, they, it can still be like there's clearly a reason. There's a reason. So I think it works. Do you think, like there's tons of people who like do you don't think talk Florence... to their family and like they find families within like their friends and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a a good story to tell. Do you think Florence Pugh is going to replace her? No. As another another Black I think Widow? maybe she'll like be in the universe. And like maybe she'll be like doing stuff and mm-hmm. maybe in like a mini series or something we'll run into her. But I don't know, like, replace, replace. Okay. I don't think she'll be in the next Avengers movie and people will be like, it's, I'm Black Widow. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I don't think that'll happen. Also, is that, like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, though, that the trailer didn't establish that it was after Civil War too much. That was another thing. Because I, I heard the Disney, the D23 trailer did. Like, it made it oh. very clear it was after Civil War. Because this one, that's, because uh, especially if you don't, you don't follow Marvel, right? You don't know what's going on, right? So you see a Black Widow movie and you're like, um, ain't she dead? Yeah, right. Like yeah, it's I weird that they wouldn't establish, especially with the one that they're releasing to the public. They're not going to establish, hey, this is when this takes place, because people will be like, wait, she back from the dead? Because you know, they've done that before, right? With movies, they've done that before within the movie, though. They've never done that. I don't believe between movies. Like anytime someone's died, they've brought them back within the same movie. To mm. my to well, if, with Marvel, is what you're referring to? Yeah. Other than obviously the Infinity War, like snap, but that was different. Mm. Like that was clearly like okay. Now the next movie is gonna be about that. Mm. Okay. But like with like Winter Soldier, like Nick Fury, quote unquote, dies. And yeah. Like, and like in yeah. Thor: The Dark World, Loki, quote unquote, dies. But in the after credit scene, he's back. And then in Winter Soldier, Nick Fury's back like half an hour later. Mm. So. Okay. Our next story. We're talking about um, recently announced that they're doing um, special um, nighttime events at Disneyland for After Dark events. And they've recently announced what they are. And there's the Disneyland After Dark 80s Night, Disneyland After Dark Sweethearts Night, Disneyland After Dark Pixar Night, and Disneyland After Dark Villains Night, which is really interesting. And these will start um, in 2020. That's cool. That's that's good for the locals. Yeah, so it's like an after park experience. The thing that interests me the most is 80s Night. Like, that sounds pretty cool. No, yeah. I wonder how much, because I've never been to an After Dark thing. And mm-hmm. obviously these events have never happened, but how much will be different and like what exactly that will be going on? Does it Well, say? they're doing a flashback to video, um, videopolis <laughs> in the, <laughs> in the fantasy land, um, theater, which is pretty cool. Um, there's going to be an after dark fireworks show. This is the eighties night. They're doing throwback styles with the Disney characters. Oh, um, that's cool. And then there's going to be decade inspired decor, food and beverages. Which is pretty cool. For like an 80s night, that's yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Especially at Disneyland because that's mostly locals. Mm. So I, it's something to like go go there for. So that one Especially is going to take place past. on... Well, I guess you need to pay more. That one's going to take place in January. Um, then Sweetheart's Night will be in February. And basically they're going to play love songs. You're going to get to meet, have meet and greets with Disney couples. Um, oh, that's Such cute. as Cinderella, Prince Charming, Aladdin and Jasmine. And of course... Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. You get to do romantic photo opportunities. There's some lovely decor and all that kind of stuff to make it a lovely sweetheart's night. Plus, there's a Pixar night in March. 
which you're going to have an interactive dance party with the Pixar characters, probably similar to the Incredibles dance party in Tomorrowland at Disney World, and then encounters with a bunch of characters um, from Pixar movies. And then obviously there's probably decor and stuff like that for Pixar. And then Villains Night is in April, which is pretty cool. You get to see the villains, so there'll probably be a meet and greet with the villains. I wonder if May 4th they'll do a Star Wars night. Maybe. Then that, that this goes up to April and it makes sense in May mm. to have a Star Wars night, right? Yeah, they should. Right? Disney High. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> um <laughs> Kevin, before we go on, really quick, can I bring up a news topic? I'm not sure if you have it on the docket today. Yeah, go on. The Galaxy's Edge X Wing drones. Have you what seen about them? them? No. They're so cool. What are they? So so um if you want to just look up uh, Galaxy's Edge X-Wings and you can find pictures online but basically for Rise of the Resistance opening which will be the day this podcast comes out actually they're having drones that are like they're pretty big like they're actually they're not like X-Wing size but they're like slightly smaller it's super interesting they look like really cool flying around and I think it's a really cool aspect. Apparently, the FCC approved the drones to be flown for this one day. That's pretty cool. No, it is. and That is really cool. And the FCC approved them to be flown for one day. So it's not going to be a permanent thing, unfortunately. That would, be, that would be insane. If they did them every day, that would be amazing. And I hope eventually they do. Can they, though? I don't know if legally Probably not. they can. Because that seems like a legal hassle. But <laughs> I think it's cool they're going to. I really like the idea. Mm. I think it's amazing. No, that's really cool. cool. And another story recently at the Harvest Theater, which is where they had the, um, what was it? The Lion King um, Circle of Life Circle of Life thing that they closed. Um, They're going to put Awesome Planet. So a sign went up for Awesome Planet coming soon. What is Awesome Planet? So Awesome Planet. I'm glad you asked, Angela. (laughs) Awesome Planet is basically, it's almost like what they have at the pavilions at Epcot where it's like, oh, Journeying into Canada and generally but swiping like the earth, but it's literally like a documentary of the earth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, um, probably something like national geographic. They had an ad come up and it's that they put on the wall that has like trees and icebergs. And I'm assuming that's what it is. They've said it will be an on-screen exploration of the realm we call home, showcasing the spectacular beauty, diversity, and dynamic story of earth with all the grander guests have to come to expect from Epcot. That's pretty interesting. Seems interesting. I don't know if it'll be that cool because Circle of Life wasn't that cool. Wasn't that cool. No. But um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, so again, um, they also announced that Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge is a new TV show that is coming on Disney+. Plus. What is this, Kevin? I have not heard of this. And basically, it's a game show. That oh, is this the one hosted by the Jar Jar actor? Hosted by Jar Jar Binks himself. I was Binks so excited himself. for this. So, I actually did hear this. I didn't um, know it was called that. Yeah, so I'm basically- I'm going to on this game show. They Disney, say it takes place. They say it takes place in in Star Wars universe, but like does the it? Game show. They said, yeah, they've said that it takes place so in cool. this. It's a game show that takes place in the Star Wars universe that Padawans do compete in. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe so I can't do it because I'm not a maybe this I'm is a Jedi Master. Is this guy. like canon in Star Wars? Like, is this like in the universe? I guess it will be. That's crazy. That's so cool though. Wait, does does it have a date? Like when it's gonna be next year? Sometime next year. Oh, I'm so excited. I was so excited. What if they <laughs> like a good, challenge right? it's like, oh, dodge these stormtroopers or you get sliced in half? They've said, um, they've said, the various challenges will test a Padawan's connection to the Force in three locations. A forest planet, on board the Jedi Star Cruiser, and inside a Jedi Temple. That's awesome. 
I wonder, like, do you think it'll be, like, like, fake, like, oh, use the force and see if you can lift this thing? Or do you think it'll be, like, actual, like, challenges? I don't know. I'm thinking it's going to be, like, a game show. But I don't know what level of, like, is it going to be a, something immersive? Or is it going to be something, like, be like, that you'd see on Nickelodeon? I feel like Disney's going for that immersion. No, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. No, yeah, I'm really excited for this. Again, on the topic of Star Wars, J.J. Abrams recently said he revealed that a script for the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was going to be sold on eBay because one of the actors left it in their hotel room, like, under their bed. Yeah, it was... It was John Boyega, right? Yeah, it wasn't... He talked about this on one of the talk shows. He left it in his apartment that he was moving out of the next day. Mm -hmm. And whoever found it listed it apparently for, like, 80 bucks. Because apparently they just didn't know. (laughs) Or, like, they knew, but they, like, didn't care that much. Yeah. So Disney got it back. Mm -hmm. So it didn't actually, like... But they have steps in place. Did you know? I didn't know this. They... They print the scripts on unprintable paper. Unprintable? You mean like, like un- uncopyable, oh, basically. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So you can't, like, copy the scripts, which is crazy. They also have the actors' names on the script, like, all over it. Mm. So, like, if it gets out, like, they know who did it. Yeah. And, you know, this was a publicity thing. They're like... J- um, well, now it is. J.J. Abrams say that on in an interview or whatever, and then... John goes like, oh, I'll say that on the talk show that I did it, and we'll get up headlines. Yeah, but it's crazy that it happened. That is crazy that that happened. Yeah. Um, and also on the topic of Star Wars, um, Funko Pop just released their Baby Yoda stuff. So they've announced Aww. that they're doing their- Oh, that's so cute. Their Baby Yoda Pop, and it is cute. And they're also doing a light, what is like a life-sized Baby Yoda Pop <gasps> that is the size of what Baby Yoda would be. I want it's a, like 10 baby, inches or something. I want a Baby Yoda, like a little plushie. <laughs> so there's been like plushies going on. I don't know if they actually have a plushie yet, but there's been I don't like think they're official. Yeah, they've been like um, unofficial plushies going around. I could imagine like the first day after the Mandalorian aired, like mm-hmm. all these companies are like Disney. We need to make Baby Yoda. Merch. I don't think Disney was ready for like they should have been, but well, they, also they weren't ready for the, the, the amount of well. that is true, right? Because a lot of when you do merchandise stuff, a lot of stuff leaks. But I don't think they actually were ready for what Baby Yoda became. Because he's become way more than just, like, he's become a meme. Like, he's become yeah. way more than just part of the TV show. Um, And I think maybe they knew he was gonna, but they weren't really ready with his merchandise. The new him drinking out of the cup meme is so good. Oh, it is so funny, yeah. I love it. I love there was one that was, like, um, Baby Yoda drinking on Christmas morning. Or it was, like, me. It's It was my mom drinking coffee on Christmas morning watching me open my presents. Yeah. And Baby Yoda. And I was like, Aww. that's such a good meme. That was perfect. Also... They added the new um, logo to Hollywood Studios, the marquee on the front of Disney's Hollywood Studios where the security oh, yeah. stuff is. So the new logo is now out there. That's cool. Um, That's in front of that, which I think looks pretty good. No, I like it. Um, I like their new, because um, it really highlights Hollywood more than studios, right? It used to be the reverse. And I like their new logo. Oh, yeah. Hollywood's a big word there. Um, I like that. And I think it works well by the security stuff. I think it looks good. It's like this nice entrance to um, Hollywood Studios. And also, um, Christmas time is here. Jack Lindsay's Hangar Bar has had a Christmas overlay for the mm. first time, which I think is pretty cool. And it's it may be the best holiday overlay I've seen. Really, it is nice. I mean, there's um, I've never just going in. You go right. What you go to that? I do go, and literally, it looks so good inside. It looks very Christmassy. It looks more than just an overlay. It looks like a Christmas restaurant to me. 
<laughs> and I, I would love, hopefully when I go, I'm going the end of December, they'll still have the Christmas decorations up because mm. I want to see those in person because it looks, it just looks magical. It looks like I'm in like Santa's workshop or something and I'm going to, oh, and a little elf is going to walk by. It's so cute. I want to, I want to go there, but there are like reefs hanging up and there's like little ornaments all over the place. Um, they have like certain, the red and green are very prevalent colors there. They really highlight the room. It's just, it looks good. There's presents everywhere. It looks like a nice overlay. Now over to Hong Kong. Oh, um, no. <laughs> stuff's been going down in Hong Kong, and it has affected the Disney park there, which is, I know I found that interesting, but they did cancel their New Year's countdown party because protests and stuff there have... Tensions are very high right now. Yes, and protests have impacted transportation. So they have had to monitor the hours and change the hours of the park, and they've had to cancel the New Year's Eve countdown party, which is the biggest deal. I didn't know it was affecting the parks. Yeah. Hmm. They've just, the late night transportation situation, they've said, is just, it's because of protests and stuff. It's too too harm for their, their cast members and even guests. So they've decided to actually cancel it, which is big to actually cancel your, because they had it planned, which right. is crazy. And then um, our n- final story for today is Catherine Powell, who is the former Disney Parks president of, um, I believe, the Western region, which is Paris, Disney World, and Disneyland. And she has resigned after low attendance at both Disneyland and Disney World. Really? And she, yeah, so she's leaving and does it say after low attendance or is that just speculation? Well, they announced it this was announced a f- I think a few months ago. It was announced that she was her position at the company has been eliminated and that she will be leaving the company after a lot of years of service. And so huh. basically Bob Chapik, I believe is his name, he is the head of the he's the chairman of Disney Parks and all like all of them all of her jobs are now going under him so now he's in charge of everything <laughs> so she will be lo- she will be leaving and she the reason we're talking about it now is she recently released a statement saying today is my last day at Disney after 15 and a half years during which time I have had an amazing opportunity to work across multiple businesses in all corners of the world and with incredible people I leave with several beliefs I think make a good leader and she just spelled out her beliefs I'm not going to read all of them <laughs> but basically she spelled out her beliefs and she said, um, as I make my jump to yet another stepping stone, I'm excited and curious about what this next chapter might bring. Maybe Walt was right, and this will all be the best thing in the world for me. Hmm. So basically, you know, she kind of lost her job. <laughs> and she is stepping down, but it's what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, we don't really know. What is her job? Um, and it was just, it's, it's just very interesting stuff, I feel. But just she's worked over at Disney for 15 years, and they're just getting rid of her position. Seems very interesting to me. Um, a lot no, of people definitely. are speculating this has to do with Galaxy's Edge not performing as they hoped it would be. I think that's riding a lot on Galaxy's Edge. I think it's just overall probably does something. Their numbers aren't for Disney World and Disneyland what they hoped this year. So that could have something to I do with it. I also don't know if it would be just a one-year thing, though. That is true. I don't think they would just get that rid is of it after one thing or one like of Galaxy's Edge if it wasn't doing good. Right. It has to be like something more. Something, something bigger. deeper or longer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we wouldn't know. So it's it's yeah. There's not it's no use weird. to really like hypothetical. Maybe in twenty say years we'll have Ooh. another Bob Ooh. Iger book. <laughs> I want Bob Iger's next book. Like once he leaves Disney, be like all the tea. All and the just, tea. I mean, there is a lot of tea, tea in the in, this, in, the in his current book. There yeah. was, but I feel like once he's out of there and he's just like, guys, get this tea, man. Write that book, please. I love it. 
Who is it? Mrs. Potts, dear. I thought you might like a spot of tea. But you're... you're a... Oh! <laughs> Careful! This is impossible. So that's the end of our podcast for today. We talked about a lot of news stories, some big yeah, developments. A lot, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. Led off by Elsa and Anna doing their thing, striking those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally. because Not literally, just in their hearts. You know, in their hearts. Um, and look, I went to see Frozen twice, and the second time I went, so many little kids with like their little Elsa and Anna toys. It's so cute. I'm just like, hey, child, what's what's going on with you? They're so excited for the movie, <laughs> and I think that's that's one of the things I love watching a Disney movie in theaters is just seeing all the little kids be so happy. <laughs> it just it it warms my heart to know that Aww. they get joy out of these oh, movies. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us on the Of Malice and Men podcast today. As always, I'm Kevin. And I'm Angela. And until next time, so long, everybody. So, Angelo, that... What the... (laughs) Sorry. Cut that out. (laughs) Ugh.